right, so here we are. We're back. Hi, everyone. Hey. This is Maddie. This is Maggie. And we're here for Saturday the 14th. Episode 2. It took a while because we're both really busy. Yeah, life is kind of crazy right now. But that's okay. Yeah, because we still like horror. It's actually the perfect time of year. Oh, my God. It's so seasonal. It's so wonderful. It is. It's beautiful. It's spoopy. We just did a Halloween party last night. We did. We got all dressed up. Yep, there's a lot of fake blood. Yeah. Not for me, just for you. Just but you me. did have a lot of fake blood. You know what? It's better than having a lot of real blood. Maybe. That's true. I would have I honestly I would have respected your devotion if you had Considering how of much of blood. it was like actually in my mouth, <laughs> I, I think I'm really happy it wasn't real blood, because that probably would have been even grosser than the fake blood capsules. Dude, definitely my favorite moment last night was when you took that blood capsule without telling anyone and then I just looked over at you and you were just smiling at me with just blood in your mouth, covering your teeth. Yeah, that was one of my favorite. It was really too. disgusting. It looked like you like bit your tongue off or something like that. It was horrifying. I was actually considering pretending that I like bit my tongue and then having all this blood pour out, but I thought that would be No, that would have been great. Why didn't you do that? Oh my god, Maddie. I probably shouldn't have told you because I can still do it not in Halloween. Yeah. I have oh. five blood capsules left. See, I'm never gonna trust it though, because so, like someday you're gonna be over at my place and you're actually gonna like hurt yourself and blood is just gonna be like pouring out of your mouth and I'll be like, oh that's funny, Maddie. Like, I know what you're doing. The girl who cried blood. Yeah. Which sounds like a horror movie. It does. Oh my god. The girl who cried blood. Next Halloween costume, literally blood tears streaming down my face. Ew. Yeah, exactly. How, like, will they just be like, like painted on like the fake blood that you had last night or will they be like coming out of your eye? No, it'll be painted on. I okay. think that sounds like a good way to lose eyesight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds really dangerous. I mean, I think you could probably do it. Like, I don't know... I mean, listen, I guess it just depends on your dedication to Halloween and how much you value your vision. I value my vision a lot. All right. Well, then you're never going to achieve Halloween greatness, man. All right, guys. So today we are talking about Saw, which is a movie you should have seen. If you have not seen, you should probably You shouldn't listen to this podcast right now. Also true. If you don't know how it ends, like, and you like horror movies, promise me just... Turn off this podcast, go watch it, and come back. Because I watched it knowing the twist ending, and I'm so sad that I did because, oh my god, it's actually one of the best twists I've seen in a long time. I didn't really know the ending. I knew, like, some stuff about what Same. happened, but I didn't know, like, exactly what happened. So when the twist... Yeah, actually, when, when the we, twist actually happened, I was like, what is that? Yeah, Maggie and I watching this together last week was the first time I'd ever actually seen the movie, And it was so much better than I ever thought it would be. Oh, my God. I don't know how it took me this long to watch this movie. It's a good it's a good horror movie. Um, So it came out in 2004. It was directed by James Wan, written by Lee Wannell. I might be saying that wrong. It might be Wannell. Lee. Lee. Good old Lee Lee W. Uh, It's also starring Lee Dubs, as well as Carrie Ellis, Danny Glover, Monica Potter, Ken Leung, Tobin Bell and Michael Emerson. Uh, and it is, I, for subgenre, I would say that it falls under the torture porn or splatter film subgenre. See, I almost think it feels more like a thriller than a traditional horror movie. Yeah. It's like a thriller just taken a bit further. Yeah. And it really inspired a series of torture porn movies, but I was surprised by how not gory it actually was. So I would say, um, and I know we've already talked about this a lot since we watched it. Um, that I think you're definitely right in that it does have more of a thriller feel and it's less gory than I think a lot of people expect that it's going to be. 
And the reason why I hadn't watched it is I had heard about how there's a scene where this guy saws off his own foot and it's so gross. And I think I built it up so much in my mind. Everything I was picturing was a lot worse than the actual scene was. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not that bad. There's a bit of blood in the movie and there are some scenes that like obviously are gross and there's some implied like really bad stuff. But... All in all, it's really not that gory of a movie. It's not. But I do think that it can still constitute torture porn because even though... They are being tortured. They are being tortured. And there's so much of a focus on torture. Um, and the specific methods of torture are such an important part of the story. And also it does go on to launch. It does go on to inspire an entire series of torture porn movies exactly. in the subsequent films. Yeah, so I think that it still has to kind of be considered torture porn even though it doesn't have a lot of the super hyper gory visual effects that we kind of associate associate with the genre now. Yeah. So we're going to go into the background of this film a bit. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Lee, our friend Lee. Lee Dubs. Lee Dubs. And James Wan uh, met in college. They both, they're Australian. Uh, they met at the Royal Melbourne Institute of Technology. Um, they both really liked schlocky horror movies, which is something that I really enjoyed because I feel like we kind of bonded over a similar thing in college. We did, yes, it's true. everyone else at Emerson, where we went to college, tended to be very into like... You know, like arty films, very and like, like indie things. Yeah, and we were just like, I want to watch like a Japanese alien horror movie. Oh my god! Pro tip: if you haven't seen it, Gore from Outer Space. Oh my is god! Both like one of the best and worst movies I've ever seen. Find it, buy it, watch it. You will thank me later. You'll love it. It's great. So yeah, so I liked that. I liked that they kind of met and they decided that they wanted to make a film together based on their love of schlocky horror, which I think is sweet. In a schlocky horror? Schlocky. Did they use Is that not schlocky? a real word? Did I make that up? I don't know the word schlocky, but I like it. Schlocky. It's a real word. It means trashy. Great. So anyway, um, schlocky horror. So they decided that they want to make this movie together. Um, they were going to use two people in a room locked together to keep the budget really low. And they actually shot the reverse bear trap scene, which like everybody knows about, with Lee in the trap as like a short film to get funding. Uh, I haven't seen the short film, the original Saw. I haven't either. I don't actually know if it's online. I don't know. I didn't try to see it. Yeah, I didn't. It would have been a good thing. I read the Wikipedia article about it at some yeah. point in time. I read a lot of Wikipedia articles. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Always browsing. Always learning. So they ended up going to L.A. with this short film. They got the funding, pulled together a $1.2 million budget, which is pretty low. Yeah, I mean, for a feature that has actual stars in it, yeah, there Danny names. Glover is in this movie. And the Dread Pirate Roberts, yeah. who is not as attractive as he no, once was, unfortunately. No, no. I mean, he's like a good-looking middle-aged man. He is, but he's no Wesley. No, he's not. But he was like, what, like 25 when he was Wesley, and he's like in his 50s in this movie? That's true. Like, Something like it that. It happens, man. It happens. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, yeah, he's also not good at maintaining an American accent, but that's a, a <laughs> topic for another part of the discussion, I guess. Yeah. So anyway... They made the movie in only 18 days, which is kind of amazing. Yeah, it's pretty quick. I mean, I guess there are not that many locations. No, and I mean, a lot of the movie is just two guys talking in a room, yeah, which yeah. again is so different in terms of horror standards. It's it really is. really interesting. It's so interesting. I love this movie. Yeah, and it made a ton of money. I yeah. mean, it was shot for $1.2 million and actually made over $100 million, so that's a pretty great like ROI to use some of my business school Ooh, look at you lingo fancy, fancy fancy which i mean i think that that's kind of similar to what we talked about last week with like uh slasher movies where the studio started to realize that you could put a tiny amount of money into a movie and then it would make you like a hundredfold 
um, its budget like, back, which literally is yeah, literally a hundred times. It's so cool. Yeah. Oh man, it's time to make a horror movie. Let's do it. Or just a horror podcast. Or a horror podcast. I, yeah, we don't have time really for this podcast, so I don't know so how, how we would ever possibly make a movie. But true. So why don't we go ahead and talk about the actual plot of this movie? Yeah. So again, you should have seen it, but if you haven't seen it, we'll run you through it. Or turn back now, watch it, and come back to listen to us. Yeah, we're going to say this is a refresher because we don't want to condone you not having watched this movie. Because you yet. really need to see it, but we also need to discuss it plot point by plot point. We do. But we're going to keep it semi-brief because I realized last time we went into a lot of detail. Which is fine. It is. All right. So we start out with Adam waking up in a room. He's in a bathtub. He is chained up. There's another guy in there, Lawrence. They're both chained to pipes. There's a dead guy in the center of the room. Each of the guys has a cassette explaining the situation, why they're there, that someone, uh, in Lawrence's case, that someone has his family, uh, and that he has to kill Adam to get out. So we've already established that the stakes are pretty high. Yeah, and like the room that they're in is pretty gross. It's like a dilapidated bathroom, and there's a lot of just like dirt and I don't know the idea of just waking up with like a dead guy face down on the yeah. ground between you and another person who you've never met before there's a lot of gross shit like not like a literal yeah shit, not gross horror-y really like it's not super gory as we mentioned but like a backed up toilet yeah oh my god Adam sticks his entire arm into a backed up toilet basically they're looking around for clues there's supposed to be something in the toilet I don't know why, oh. I know we're jumping ahead a little bit, but like, I think, oh, I have to look in this toilet. Let me check the tank first so I don't have to stick my entire arm down he a doesn't. backed up toilet. He puts his whole arm down the toilet and it just stays covered in like gross toilet shit for like the rest of the movie. And then afterwards he's like, oh, well maybe the tank. Ugh. So they find, uh, in the tank, they find some saws. They try to saw off their chains, but Lawrence realizes that the captor wants them to saw off their feet. Bah, bah, bah. This is where the title comes from. Yep. I don't know if you know this. The movie is called Saw. It is. And they found a saw. saw. Two saws. Two saws, yes. So Adam gets mad. He throws his saw and he breaks a two-way mirror nearby and he reveals a camera. So it's watching them. Which I think they could probably, like, assume... I don't know. I feel like if I'm like chained up somewhere and being told I need to do things, I feel like they're somehow going to be watching me. It, it would make sense. It makes sense. Yeah. So with this revelation, Lawrence realizes who it is that's actually watching them and who's taken them captive and that he was under investigation for the guy's earlier crime. So we get to see some cool backstory with Ken Leung and Danny Glover as two cops who are working this case. And you get to see a lot of the other things that Jigsaw has done before. So there's this thing where a guy was covered in oil and somehow accidentally set himself on fire. I think he was carrying around a candle and dropped it on himself. And as well as a guy who had to climb through barbed wire and ended up like disemboweling himself through this. Yeah, that's something that we kind of talked about Um was that like these really gruesome crimes that you get to see sort of the aftermath of both. They reminded us a lot of seven. Yeah. Which is a movie we watched a weirdly. I watched them. I think large it a seven amount. poster at some point. Yeah. We watched this movie a lot in college. I don't know why I saw this movie as many times as I, I did. mean, it's a great movie, but just yeah, a lot not, of times. We don't need, you don't need to see it like seven that, times. And now I make a lot of like, what's in the box references yeah, yeah. that no one gets. I did one of those with my mom when I was home in September. <laughs> and uh, she has not seen seven and she did not get it. 
I just do it all the time. <laughs> I can't even tell you who the last time I did it to because I probably make a what's in the box reference. Like if there's a box. If there's a box and you don't know what's in it, you have to ask, what's, what's in the, in the box? box? Yeah. And you have to do it as dramatically as that. And yeah. then you really know who you're talking to. Exactly. If they laugh, they can stay. If they don't, then... They die. Yeah. They don't. That's I didn't kill my mom. I didn't kill my mom. I have not killed anyone. I think this is the second time I've talked about my mom on this podcast. <laughs> you just really love your mom. That's good. I love my mom so much, you guys. All right. Anyway. <laughs> so continuing. Yes, those scenes really were very reminiscent of Saw, which came out, I believe, nine years beforehand, because that came in 1995, and yeah. the original Saw was 2004. Yeah, so you figured these guys were in college, probably watched Seven. I don't know. Maybe they didn't. Maybe it's a coincidence. I kind of felt like this movie was, if Seven was, like, a little more extreme. Yeah. And not told from the cop's perspective, but told from the victim's perspective. Right. Right, yeah, I think you're right about that. There's definitely a strong, um, like, spiritual connection between the two of them. Definitely. I feel like spiritual siblings or whatever. Um, so when we're watching all of Jigsaw's other crimes, we see Amanda, um, who survived the reverse bear trap. Uh, trap? And the way that she survived it is by cutting into a dying man's intestines to retrieve a key. So that's pretty metal. Uh, Lawrence watches her... Her interview, her interrogation, yeah. one of those types of things. Yeah, yeah. And it's great she has these like obvious sores on her face from the reverse bear trap because we know that she was in pain. It was like really kind of like a cool and gross aftermath, even yeah. though she didn't actually die. It just kind of gave you the feeling of what it would feel like to have that reverse bear trap on. Yeah, and when they talk to her, they ask her... Like, because Jigsaw talks a lot about wanting to make people, like, appreciate their lives more. And I thought it was interesting that in the um, in the interview, she, like, refers to him as, like, having saved her by, like, making her care about her life again. And spoilers for the rest of the movies, she goes on to become one of his accomplices. Oh, does she? Yeah, yeah. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. I don't really know where that happens because I've seen, like, I watched, like, the first 15 minutes of the second movie, maybe first 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I knew that she was in it. But yeah, I think that they cut off all her hair and she looked a lot different. Yeah. And I don't know. That's as far as I got. But she was like one of the people locked in the second movie's house. Yeah. I don't know. Very interesting, though, how she kind of sees him as saving her despite the fact that he literally tortured her. Yeah. So we, we get to know Amanda and she shows up later. Um, and that's how Lawrence kind of has some understanding of what's going on and what the stakes are. Uh, and we find out that his family is being held captive and that the captor is watching the two of them on the cameras. And we also find out that Danny Glover is obsessed with Lawrence because he thinks that he's the jigsaw killer. Which he's not. He's not. Yeah. No, obviously. Because also, spoiler alert, he also becomes an accomplice in later movies. He does. He does. This guy's oh, really good at recruitment. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I feel like if I was kidnapped and tortured, my first thought wouldn't be, I should join the guy who did this to me. But I guess that's like what Stockholm Syndrome is. Yeah. I never Plus, thought about I mean, that. shit gets pretty bad for Lawrence. It does. Yeah. So we see Danny Glover, like, watching Lawrence's house because he thinks it'll prove that he's the killer. And then we get, like, some more fun Danny Glover backstory. He almost caught Jigsaw at one point in time. Then his partner, Ken Leung, got killed. Like, very violently. Yeah, it was actually he got pretty his cool. headshot off. Yeah. It was really clever. Like, tripwires, man. Yeah, that's, like, really the only trap in the movie where it's, like... I think that's the a only literal time. straightforward trap, you know? Yeah, because the whole interesting thing they say about the Jigsaw Killer is Jigsaw never actually kills anyone. He somehow gets them to kill themselves. That's true. If you think about I will say or in get terms someone of else. semantics, 
I think giving someone the option of either run through this field of barbed wire or I will kill you. But I mean, it's still technically killing them. Yes. But at the same time, like that is something they talk about in the movie is he never pulls the trigger. You're right. They each person who dies does something to themselves, which is with the exception of fascinating. No, he he trips over the wire. He pulls the wire. But I don't know. Again, I still feel like that's a semantic thing. We're like, he doesn't technically he like sets it up. So it's there. So I feel like that's the most straightforward murder that there is, you know? Yeah. No, I think you're right about that. Oh, and also important to mention, um, during all of this flashback stuff, we see a shot of Lawrence working at the hospital, which apparently Carrie Elwes actually shadowed a neurosurgeon. That's really cool because he's an oncologist, right? Yeah. Or... He might be a neurosurgeon because the guy has brain cancer. Yeah. So I don't know if it's oncology or just neurosurgery. Either way, he's a doctor who's treating some cancer patients. Yeah. I just thought it was funny that he shadowed someone because all he does is like point at an x-ray. And <laughs> he's, he's like, like on in another room as a doctor for about 20 seconds. Yeah. It's not. Maybe it was just to get like the stride of I'm a doctor. Or maybe the doctor he was shadowing is also having an affair with a med school student. Maybe. We do find out during this time period that he's probably cheating on his wife. It's interesting because we're not really sure if he is cheating or not. Because when accused of cheating, he yells dramatically, I never cheated on her or something along those lines. But if he's about to die and the only person watching him is the guy who's trying to kill him. Why there's lie? No reason, yeah, there's no reason to lie. And it's never officially stated whether or not he did cheat. It seems like he might have been going to there was and not followed like an through. emotional affair. Definitely. Minimum. So during the hospital scenes, we also see Michael Emerson as an orderly. And like, I feel like as soon as you see Michael Emerson on screen, you know he's going to be a bad guy. Yeah. Michael Emerson doesn't play good guys. No, and he's too famous to be just a nobody character. Yeah. I don't know. This came out in 2004. He might not have been as big. He might not have been because like he was on Lost, which is what I think of him as Ben on Lost. He like has some good moments, has some bad moments. It's like he comes and he goes. Um, so we see him and he's clearly formed a bond with this old, sick, uh, brain cancer patient in the hospital, which becomes important later. Yes. Um, so then we go back to the present, uh, Larry Lawrence is talking to Adam about his kids. He throws Adam his wallet to show him a picture of the kid. And Adam finds a note, uh, a photo of his wife and his child, of Larry's wife and child, tied up in the wallet along with a note um, that mentions they have to figure out, like, they have to find... They have to turn the lights off. It's easier to see with your eyes shut or like something yeah. cryptic and weird like that. It takes that. a while. Like, yeah, sometimes it's easier to see and there's the X. And he actually kind of does a noble thing and doesn't actually tell Larry because there's no reason for Larry to know, hey, your family is like tied up in this photograph. Right. But then Larry gets all freaked out and starts like yelling at Adam. And he's like, how'd you know to turn off the lights? And he's like, but that doesn't come up yet. To protect him. Because that happens later after the phone call with his wife. Right? When he starts yelling at him. I don't think so. Doesn't it? Because because at the first part, they just, they turn the lights out and he's like, well, okay, no, you're right. Because he is like, how did you know to like turn the lights off? And he's like, oh, I just thought about it. But then yeah. again, it comes up later and he starts yelling at him about it. It comes up a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> so they turn off the lights. They find a glow in the dark X on the wall and they bust the part of the wall open. They find a box with a cell phone and two cigarettes and, and a note. That's true. And it actually, I was watching this and thinking about how much detail went into creating this room. Yeah. Because you don't just find a bathroom in the middle of nowhere that has like hollow areas behind walls as well as a two-way mirror to install a camera behind like 
it's meant to look like this old, gross, broken down bathroom, but it's actually been planned perfectly, every single piece of it. So it's really kind of interesting. It is, because even like their chains are a specific length so that they can't get to each other. They can't really reach the guy in the middle. Yeah. It is really interesting to see how much planning went into it. So in the box, they find uh, the cell phone, the cigarettes. The cell phone can only receive calls. Which, like, what phones, other than those, like, kids' Disney phones, actually only receive calls? I don't know. Is that a thing that you can make Maybe a cell phone do? Maybe it was in 2004. Maybe it's just something they invented for this movie. That is also very possible. Or maybe they just took, like, one of those Disney phones. Maybe they did. It would be better if it was a Disney phone. It probably would have been a much more enjoyable movie. But it might have been a little broken the tension a little bit too much. <laughs> um, so, for some reason, the fact that it can't make calls but it can receive calls makes Lawrence think about his abduction. Yeah, I don't know how that quite inspired that it was like because there was a phone there too. Like, oh man, there have been. Oh, I guess there's a phone that also could only receive calls, which yeah. once again is kind of kind of rare. Though I will say, I was walking through Michael's the other day, the craft store, getting yeah. ready for my Halloween costume and all that <laughs> jazz. And one of the employee store phones started ringing next to me, and I just walked away. I was like, nope, I'm not going to be near here because no. there's probably a serial killer on That's the other end of that line. Calling for you. I don't need to like enter myself into a horror movie. The craft supply killer. Oh man, now I really want to see that movie. Like, Death by Pipe Cleaner. I would watch it. I'd watch that. I would, too. Yeah. Let's make it. Uh, so, L- Lawrence remembers his abduction. He got basically picked up in a uh, in a parking garage after he was seeing his mistress. He decides that he's going to fake kill Adam by dipping the cigarette in the poison blood of the dead guy, turning off the lights, giving Adam the other cigarette in the box so that it looks like he's giving them the poison cigarette. Because apparently the blood was poison. That's like a plot point in one of the notes. Yeah, one of the notes said there's like more than one way to kill him and something about when there's that much poison in the body, like the best thing to do is kill yourself. Yeah. So that's like, I don't know. So he knows that that, the the blood will probably kill him. So he dips the cigarette in that. He gives him a different one. Um, Lights come back on. Adam is faking dead. But then Jigsaw realizes what's going on, and he shocks him through the chain, which is something that apparently has been set up. But it isn't Jigsaw who does that. You're right. It's Michael Emerson it's Michael who does Emerson. that, who we Zep. find out later is not Jigsaw. Spoiler That's alert. That's true. Spoilers, spoilers. It's Zepp, and he's in charge of the dirty business. Yep. He makes a really good villain. There's just something so evil looking about him. Yeah, he looks really unlikable. I can't ever imagine him being like a romantic lead in a movie. I would also like to see that. I personally would like to see Michael Emerson as Zepp as a romantic lead. As like Zepp the orderly. Yeah, how do you balance your before or captivity after, and your subservience to a serial killer? Before or after trying to murder this entire family? Well, his head gets beaten in at the end of this movie, so probably before. Maybe he survives it, maybe... That's true, we never see that part of the body. I mean, I've seen worse things happen to horror movie villains, and they've come back from it. That's true. Who says Zep can't come back? Maybe he will, I would like that. I kind of liked him, I maybe, found him interesting. Maybe that's the whole plot of Jigsaw, is Zep. Maybe, I haven't seen it, so I, I don't know. I know, it just came out two days ago. I've also not seen it. So we get a phone call on the the Disney phone that only accepts phone calls. Um, And it's the captor. Well, it's actually Zepp calling Lawrence. He lets him talk to his family. And his wife tells him not to believe Adam's lies. And she calls Adam by name. And so Lawrence is like, what is happening here? Is Adam there? And he's like, yes. 
don't believe his lies. It's very dramatic. And then and that's when he freaks out and he's like, how did you know to turn off the lights? And he's like, it's you, aren't you? Like, it's you who's in on it. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, Adam's backstory makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. There was a point where they called him a voyeur, and I definitely misheard it and thought they were calling him a lawyer. <laughs> and was like, why is he so upset with him being a lawyer? Like, what do lawyers see when they look in the mirror? I don't know, a lawyer? And I don't know if it's a mispronunciation. Maybe it's my bad hearing because I honestly don't have the best hearing. But either way, that was a really big source of confusion for me. Yeah, I remember like part of the way through, you were like, wait a second, why does it matter that he's a lawyer? And I kept calling him the lawyer. And after a while, you were like, I think he's a photographer. I was like, really? <laughs> Didn't they say lawyer? And you said, no voyeur and then we i mean we don't find out that he's a photographer until just now because that's when we find out that he's been following larry the entire time and he's been trying to get evidence of him cheating on his wife which is interesting because it wasn't his wife who actually hired him right it was well first you think that it was maybe his wife and then you think that it was probably actually jigsaw and then you find out, no, it's crazy Danny Glover it's who so, is obsessed yeah. with him. He's so obsessed because he's still really confident that Lawrence is the jigsaw killer and that he missed his opportunity to catch him. And Which now he's like not, not still on the force. And he has a big neck scar and a really raspy voice. And he's really mad about everything. It took me a little bit to kind of realize the direction it had gone. Because all of a sudden you go from like Danny Glover being a normal human being to Danny Glover being in what looks like a serial killer's apartment. Yeah, the flashbacks are extremely hard to navigate. Overall, as a movie, it's a little confusing. Like, you can follow it. It just takes a moment. You do have to be paying attention. Like, you can't be on your phone or you'll be like, what year is it? Yeah. I think it all takes place in the same year. But you'll still be confused as to what year it is. You will be. Who knows? No one. No one knows. Uh, So after this big reveal that he'd been following him and that he knew all this stuff, and you kind of get this, like, it sort of, like, shakes your confidence and, like, your understanding of the storyline. At least it did for me. Because, like initially at the beginning of the movie like adam is the person that you're kind of going along with like it wakes up with him in the in the bathtub and like carrie always just kind of seems like a bad guy from the beginning and he, he almost does. seems too knowledgeable about the situation yeah it explains why he's so knowledgeable but at the same time you still have a couple questions yeah and so i thought it was really interesting that like eventually it turns out that like the person who knows something that he's not saying isn't the guy that you initially think like literally as soon as larry figures out who has them, he's like, here's everything I know about the Jigsaw Killer. Whereas Adam's just like, oh gosh, I... He's just hiding Wonder why I'm here. Like, pretends he doesn't know who Larry is, like... Also, when, like, Adam remembers getting kidnapped, one, his kidnapping sequence is really creepy. Oh my god, because he's walking through his apartment and And the lights are out. Every single light's out. He doesn't have, like, a flashlight. I think he might eventually find one. Mm Mm-hmm. No, he uses the flash, yeah, he uses on, the his flash on his camera, camera, which is an awesome effect because it's just really intelligent. So, I mean, that's one of the things like these guys aren't being kidnapped and killed because they're dumb. Right. It's not like Friday the 13th or any of one of those like no. teenage slasher movies. They're really not putting themselves in danger. They're just up against someone who's like they're often being killed because they're making like morally gray decisions. Right. I mean, you can obviously say that Larry cheating on his wife isn't morally gray. It's just a bad thing to do. But the idea of Adam working as a private detective and like stalking someone for pay but he's working for a police officer or an ex-police officer like it's not that bad of a thing but that is the reason why he is kidnapped and tortured like this yeah so it's it can kind of happen to anyone i think that's one of the things that really makes this movie creepy and really 
kind of makes it at the forefront of this series. Right, because, like, everyone's done something that's, like, morally gray at some point in time. Like, everyone's messed up or done something that, like, they're not proud of or maybe wasn't super ethical So imagine that this, like, serial killer finds out you did this one thing then decides to torture you because you're not appreciating life enough? Exactly. Like, the, the guy who almost died in the barbed wire, who did die in the barbed wire, the reason that he's there is because he tried to kill himself. And Jigsaw's like, well, then you don't appreciate life. And it's like, yeah, that's... That's the point. That's like something that you should like get him help with, not like put him in like a not then literally like, don't murder him. Force him like, to kill himself. Like, like you tried to kill yourself? Oh man, now you actually have to kill yourself. Right? So he's not like like you understand his motives, but like he's not a sympathetic person, really? Not at all. I don't know. It's weird. I mean, it, it makes sense when you realize who he actually is and why he feels that way, but it's still like I mean, you're still like trying to kill a suicidal guy because yeah. he's suicidal. Like that's not really his fault. And same, like, with the girl, Amanda, I think Yeah, she's a drug addict. Yeah, she was a drug addict. Like, that happens to people. Yeah. She doesn't deserve to die. She doesn't deserve to get her head ripped in half. Anyway. Anyway, so obviously Larry freaks out when he finds out that Adam knows who he is. And Adam shows him a bunch of photos that were in the bag in the toilet with the saws. And it's just all a bunch of pictures of Lawrence from when Adam was following him around. But then there's one... Uh, where Adam is like, oh, was anybody else at your house tonight? And Lawrence is like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And he shows him the picture, and you can see Zep the orderly from the hospital. Michael Emerson. Michael Emerson in the picture. And he's like, oh, shit, it's Zep. And then his time is up, because he had like a certain amount of time to kill Adam. Yeah, so up. he gets the phone call. Michael Emerson having kidnapped Larry's wife and daughter. And so he calls, and he's like saying that time's up, and gives him a chance to talk to both the wife and the daughter. And luckily, Monica Potter, what's her name in the movie again? Allison. Allison. She's very crafty, luckily. She's so smart because she, like, uses her time when Zepp is out of the room to get her wrists unbound so that then when he comes back and he's about to shoot them because the time is up, she gets away from him. Yeah, but it's great because she doesn't make a stupid decision and decide to try to, like, attack him as soon as he comes back in. She pretends to be bound still. She had ungagged her daughter in order to talk to her and say, everything's going to be okay. And then regags her daughter, regags herself, and pretends she's all bound up. And then attacks Michael Emerson when he gets close enough when he's in a vulnerable position. Yeah. And it's ends up brilliant. saving both of their lives. Yeah. But then Larry's on the other end of the phone. So he doesn't know really what's going on. So he on. just hears all this screaming and all these gunshots and he starts freaking out. And fortunately, someone who can actually help is also hearing the gunshots because since Danny Glover is still stalking him. Because he's obsessed with Larry. Because he still thinks that Larry is the jigsaw killer. He hears the gunshots and he's like, oh shit, something's happening. And he runs over to their apartment and he finds Zepp and Mrs. and baby Gordon. Uh, trying Diana? to get away from him. Diana is the Diana! One. Diana! He yells her name a lot. He does. Uh, so he tries to get the gun away from him. For some reason, he can't shoot him. I don't know what is wrong with Danny Glover. Um, Just fire a shot. He was a cop, presumably he for was a really a cop. long time. Is he, like, supposed to be, like, drinking now or something? I don't know. He's a little unhinged, so maybe he's not, like, totally with it. He's probably drinking. Either way, there's a lot of gunshots. Larry freaks out, is convinced his entire family is being murdered. And in order to now save them, not save them, he actually had the chance to save them, but save them now that he thinks they're already dead. Right. He decides to officially saw off his foot. Takes it right off. Yep. He grabs the saw. He starts going to town on that thing. It's the the infamous scene, but it's not nearly as gory as people Yeah. Think. So 
this was the first time I'd ever seen the movie Saw. And watching it, I was almost disappointed because I had built up the scene in my mind so much. And like the saw touches the skin of the foot. There's some red blood and the rest of it is like blood just spewing all over Carrie Elvis's face. Well, he's like screaming. Yeah, and he's just screaming. But there's like it's no... definitely unsettling, but it's yeah, not. Like... It's gross. You know what's supposed to be going on. Maybe it's the whole idea that what you're imagining is worse than anything you could actually see. Yeah. But I was just sitting there being like, wow, I thought this was supposed to be horrible and gory. And it's yeah. really not that bad. In Saw 3D, you see a lady get lowered onto a circular saw. Get her. She's literally disemboweled. It's really gross. It's kind of cool, though. It's a little cool. Yeah. I don't know. When I saw it, my 3D glasses were not correctly adjusted, so nothing was lining up correctly, and the 3D didn't really work. So it made me sick to my stomach, but I don't know if that was just because it was, like, messing up my vision or if it was because it was actually gross. See, I just selected the wrong movie on Netflix and accidentally watched the first 20 minutes of Saw 3D before realizing I was not watching Saw 2. And her intestine had already, like, fallen onto the floor. It kind of looked like a hot dog. Ugh. Like a really, really yeah, long hot that. dog. Yeah, Oh, my God. It's so gross. It happens right away. It's really disgusting. Yeah. And oh, in it's... public, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. in a park. There are a ton of people just watching them and not doing shit. Yeah. Because by that point, I think the Jigsaw Killer is, like, a famous person. I think so. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't watched any of the movies in between. We digress. Um, so, yeah. So, Lawrence saws his foot off. And then he shoots Adam because he thinks if he shoots Adam, then he'll get to see his family. And so uh, Zep comes into the room and he starts screaming, like, show them to me, show them to me, um, because he's there to kill Lawrence. But it turns out that Adam's not dead. He's not. He's still alive. Um, So somehow, despite having a shoulder wound, which seems like it would kind of put you out of commission for using your arms, he manages to pick up the lid of the toilet tank and he like beats zep to death and like he like, destroys his head it's a long shot of just like adam's face while he's like hitting this guy over and over again more blood splattering everywhere a lot of blood splatter a lot of and blood so splatter. carrie always or you know larry says you know what? i'll come back for you i need to go because like he is no longer bound to this pipe he doesn't want to make um adam saw off his foot as well so right. he goes off to get help yeah and then Adam starts searching the pockets of Zep looking for the key. He starts looking in order to unlock himself from this chain. Like, does he have the key on him? And he finds another tape. So, oh shit, Zep was also a victim, not the mastermind behind all of this Turns stuff. out he'd been poisoned and ordered by the person who had poisoned him, a.k.a. Jigsaw, that he needed to kidnap the family and take care of this. And there's this whole thing like, would you kill a wife and child in order to save yourself. Which, which apparently, apparently Zep would. Yeah, I don't think I would. I don't think Zep was a great guy to begin with. Nah, he I He's, He has to be there for some reason, right? He must have done something wrong. He must have. I know that's victim blaming, and I don't mean to, but like that's the motive behind it. Then himself. again, we're victim blaming after we've already seen him he has kidnap and attempt to kill, to kill people. Yeah, yeah, people. Yeah. But the best part of this whole scene oh my God. is that while he's listening to this tape, while this is happening, the dead body that they've been in the room with the entire stands time stands up. He's been there the entire movie, and I'm sure everyone's listening is like, yes, that's the plot of Saw. Everyone knows this, but I hadn't seen it before. I knew that the guy who had cancer that Larry was treating was the murderer. Yeah, yeah. I did not know that he was the dead body on he's the ground. He's just in there, and he like peels off his gunshot wound, and he's just like 
hanging out. Oh my god, it was such a brilliant moment. Oh my god. And then, so he stands up and he casually looks at Adam and says, the key is in the bathtub. Yeah. And then it, there's a little mini flashback that shows, nope, the key is no longer in the bathtub. It is now down the drain. Yeah, it went down right when he first woke up. So literally from the very first scene in this movie, he's been completely screwed. He's had no way of getting out. And then, so this guy, so he stands up, he walks out of the room, he just turns around as soon as he gets out the door, and there's this beautiful green light behind him in this fog, and he just slams the door shut, and it is majestic. It's incredible. It's just, I don't know, he has so much power. He and there's does. Something, like, it's amazing that the sick, dying guy, who you know has these health issues, can still be so powerful, despite yeah, the fact yeah. he doesn't actually do anything other than shut a door. Exactly. That's actually one of the things that I really love about Jigsaw as a villain, is that he doesn't really fall into, like, a lot of the concepts or, like, the ideas of what a horror villain is supposed to be, because, like, he's not physically intimidating. Like, he probably can't do most of the stuff that he's doing to these people himself. That's probably why he had Zep do all this. Exactly. Like, if he was in a room with you, he probably couldn't physically kill you. No, he probably couldn't. He certainly couldn't kill as many people as he does over the course of the movies without having, like, the traps and the schemes. Definitely. And, like, he's all very, like, brain He's stuff. really intelligent. He's really great at manipulating people. Yeah. He is not someone that he can be... He can't be set on fire and come back from it in the same exactly. way that, like, Freddy or Jason or Michael Myers can. Yeah, he's kind of, like, the opposite of, like, a, a Michael Myers or a Jason character where they don't have, like... Like, they're smart in the sense that they're, like, wily like an animal, you but, know? But they're not, like... They're not creating these really huge, elaborative traps that force people to accidentally kill themselves in various ways. Exactly. He's kind of the opposite, where he's all brains, really no brawn at all. And whereas, like, Freddy or Jason or Michael, uh, like, they keep coming back even under these circumstances where they should have died. Like, Jigsaw only does that by leaving a legacy behind. Like, he dies as a character before the series is over. Because the series is obviously still going on with Jigsaw just yeah. having come out a couple days ago. I also don't know what Jigsaw is I have no So idea. he might come back. I have no idea. It might be a flashback. It might be out of order. I think it's... So based on, like, the short description I read, it made it sound like maybe there's a new copycat killer or something like that. Oh, but I'm fun. not really 100% sure. Okay, we'll have to go see it. Definitely. I'll check it out. But it's also really interesting that this movie, despite the fact it's really not very gory still did really inspire the return of torture porn films. Yeah, because, like, they'd been around during, like, the 70s and 80s, but they were never really mainstream. Yeah, they were called splatter films then. Yeah, I like that name. It's disgusting. It's, I mean, it's pretty accurate, though, because there's is. usually a lot of blood splatter in this And honestly, movies. there was a lot of blood splatter in this movie. There was, more so than there actually was, like, disembowelment or feet being cut off because literally yeah. we just saw blood being splattered no foot actually being ripped off yeah so I mean Saw comes out in 2004 right and then like the next year you get Hostile Wolf Creek Devil's Rejects all of these like straight up torture porn none of which I have seen to yeah, be honest I haven't actually either I really do want to see Devil's Rejects at some point in time I mean we should see all of them I'm down yeah Torture porn is not my favorite genre. Not really. And Eli Roth, who did Hostel, can take things kind of far. I mean, yeah. even in the first episode of Hemlock Grove, you see a girl's fingernails being ripped off. And Ooh. that was probably the grossest scene in the entire series for me. Yikes. Was that nice little opening bit? Yeah. So, I mean, you definitely see that, like, this kicked something off. Or, like, it was part of something that was being kicked off at that time. Like, whether or not people saw Saw and then they were like, oh, let's make Hostel. There was still sort of a, like, a mindset in mainstream horror movies at that time. It was like, this stuff's going to become more acceptable. And then even going forward, that stuff worked its way into television shows as well. Yeah. Like, I love Criminal Minds. It's one of my favorite shows. 
I've never, which seen I know it. is like a very middle-aged woman thing to say, but I love it. Um, but like it gets, it started in 2005 and it gets extremely gory. Like you see messed up stuff at some point in time. I mean, There've been a couple where I've been like, okay, my I watched an off. episode of the good place earlier today, which I'm catching up on great show. If you guys haven't seen it, but even in then there's this whole thing about the trolley problem where the idea is, okay, do you, if you know that a trolley is going and it's going to either run over five people or you can change it. So it only runs in over one person. So one isn't in your control. The other one, you were actively choosing to kill one person, but then save these other five people. So, <laughs> they do this and the trolley ends up running over some people and they all get splattered with like blood and gross stuff. And this is like a prime time sitcom. Yeah, it's like a funny light show. No, it's a it's light. It's pretty it's pretty light. Light. I mean it's still a sitcom. It's on like public television. It's on NBC. And it's still really a bloody scene. I was surprised they showed that much. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. Like, like there's more very blood, with blood on Chidi in that scene than there is on Carrie Elliott's after he saw his right. own foot. It is really bloody. So, I was kind of shocked. And they do it a lot. Yeah. And it so the fact that, like, I don't know, it's been so okay now in popular culture, partially because of Saw, to show that much blood and gore on top of people. It's really yeah. crazy. It is. It's kind of it's kind of interesting. And actually, I was thinking while you were talking about that and kind of while you were explaining um, the trolley problem... Saw is kind of, I mean, they use that same basic concept a lot where like, so do you do nothing and then you starve to death or do you saw off your own foot and shoot someone else and then you can get out? And I guess, yeah, because his options are he either kills this guy in the room with him in order to save his family or he does nothing and his family dies. So he isn't actively killing his family, but he has the option to save them by killing someone else. You can either like... Yeah, and it's sort of that that concept with the trolley problem where it's like, well, if you change the track, then you're actively making the decision to kill someone instead of just being on a train that is going to kill someone. Yeah. We're like, if you shoot Adam, like if Lawrence shoots Adam, then he's actively making the choice to kill somebody else. At the same time, only one person is dying who's not personally connected to his life versus his entire family being murdered. Exactly. So see, it is a very psychological movie, even though people have to saw their feet off. and And I think that is something, like, I think I've mentioned this already tonight, but the idea of... I refused to see this movie for so long because all I heard was that it was so gory and disgusting. I thought this just wasn't the type of movie for me. And its reputation really got ahead of itself. And it was not that gory. It was mostly psychological. Yeah. It just really opens the floodgates. And I think that it's kind of similar to what we were talking about um, last week with people really loving the bloodier, more over-the-top murder scenes in slashers where kind of the concept, I think, that... uh, Juan and Wanel came into this with was that they wanted it to be like kind of psychological and like what would you do in this circumstance and like a really interesting killer and like after it came out people were just like oh did you see the reverse bear trap like that's insane that, like that's all I remember other kids talking about when this movie came out because I was 13 mine was the foot everyone talked yeah. about the foot and I remember hearing about that all the time I don't I didn't know really anything else about this movie until I actually watched it um, so that's what stuck with people. And it makes sense then that the following movies get progressively gorier and gorier and the traps are more over the top and more insane because, I mean, that's what people wanted. That's what yeah. people watch and that's what they like. And that's like what made the money. Yeah. And one of the things that um, Lee Wannell talked about, and again, I'm probably saying his name wrong, but that's chill, um, is that at this point when it was coming out, um, extreme horror and torture were already kind of on people's minds. And he thinks that part of the reason for this was that there was all the news coming out of Afghanistan and Iraq where like people were talking about like the U S torturing people. There were were a lot of talks about like waterboarding and stuff like that. happening. Exactly. And like, I think a lot of people 
might not necessarily have thought about modern mainstream, not mainstream torture, but like modern current day torture in the way that they were thinking about it once that stuff started coming out and started becoming like on people's minds. And then, you know, it kind of makes sense that at that point in time, people were more open to watching movie where that kind of stuff happened. Because it's already top of mind. Yeah, it's not like a stretch to think about it. It's not outside of the range of stuff that people would normally be thinking about at all. And if your entire life is like butterflies and rainbows, the idea of torture probably doesn't even come to you. Right, it's going to turn your stomach. But if you're already turning on the news and you're seeing like these really messed up images, then, you know, when a movie comes out and it's just escapism, then it's a, you know, it's a different situation and people are willing to put up with different stuff. But anyway, this whole like movie watching process of Saw, this movie I thought I'd never want to see, was actually really fantastic. Yeah. And I'm really happy that I did watch it. Yeah, I am too. I really enjoyed it. And something I didn't know is that James Wan went on to make all of the Annabelle, Insidious, and Conjuring movies. So he's kind of become like a, a really like great a horror, horror movie yeah, guy. in the horror genre, which is pretty, pretty cool. He obviously knows what he's doing with a franchise. And I've seen at least the first Conjuring, and it was really well done. Yeah, I really liked it. I, I haven't seen Annabelle. I've seen one of the Insidious movies, but it was not one of the... It was like the second or third one. It wasn't great. Great, but I mean, it was a horror movie, you know. Yeah. Like sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not, but, but they're enjoyable nevertheless. And he clearly has an eye for it, so he does. So, so good yeah. job, James Wan. Yeah, I mean, I really liked it. I thought it was a great movie. It obviously has had a lasting effect. Yeah, I mean, the fact that these movies are still coming out, and honestly, after watching that, I kind of want to see every other movie in the yeah, series. Yeah, and the thing is that like they're all very intertwined in like a way that I didn't really expect. Like when we were talking about how like when you watch. Saw 3D, like, you have no idea what's going on. No, there are characters I've never seen before. Exactly, because they all build on each other. It's not like a traditional horror series where you can just, like, pick it up at the third one if you want and it all makes sense. Yeah, so I think I'm going to continue and watch them in order, but I can't do it while doing other things, I realized. Because right. I tried no, to start it's... watching Saw 2, and I was, like, cleaning my apartment while doing so. Yeah. Nope, I just need to sit and, like, stare and watch this movie. Yeah, because all that stuff you're going to need to know later. Yeah. Which, so again, very unusual really for, interesting. for a horror series. But I like it. I think it's cool. It was fantastic. All right. So, uh, yeah, so that's it. Um, that's what we've got to say about Thanks so Saw. much to you guys for listening. Thank you, Maddie. Thank you, Maggie. And a huge shout out to Paul Marcusy for actually making this podcast happen because, honestly, we are helpless. We know nothing about how to set anything up. And we also don't own microphones. We don't. So thank you. Yeah, thank um, you. So you should definitely tune in for the next episode. Yeah. What are we watching next, Maggie? Next, we're going to be talking about The Omen. We're going to be watching the original, like, 1960s I think 1968. Cool. Not the Julia Stiles one. No, no, the old one. It's all for you, Damien. <laughs> I actually, that's another reference I make a lot that people don't get. I'll just yell, it's all for you. And people are like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> um... I don't know why people are my friends. I don't either. I'm joking. That sounded really mean. I know if you, you are, you your are my friend. I'm your friend and I love you. <laughs> oh man, I love you too, Maggie. <laughs> and if we were in a room together, I would saw off my own foot before I shot you in the shoulder. I mean, like, I would rather saw off my own foot than shoot okay, you. Okay, like, I'm gonna saw off my foot and then shoot you in the shoulder. It's like, thank you. I might. You would so shoot me in the shoulder purposely rather than potentially accidentally, because we really don't know if Larry is just a bad shot or if I he purposely did it. I think you gotta be careful it. about the shoulder, though. I feel like there's veins there. There's big veins. I mean, there are that's, big ones, but not as big as like trying lives. to shoot your heart. Yeah, it's, I wouldn't try to shoot your heart, and I wouldn't shoot you in the head. I appreciate that. I'd shoot you in the shin. And shoot me like the ear. No, that's really close to the head, Maddie. What the fuck? No, but then you don't actually die. I'm not, I don't think I'm a good enough shot to safely shoot you in the ear without uh, actually murdering you're, you. You're probably right. 
But to be, to be fair, I don't think that I could safely shoot you in the ear without... I'd probably just miss I you altogether. I don't think that I could point a gun at you and hit you. I think no, I'm I probably a worse shot either. than Danny Glover. I've only shot a gun once and I did a bad job, so... I did a pretty good job, but I was also like using whatever the legal version of an AK-47 was. Dang. There's a photo somewhere. Maybe I'll try and find it. That's I don't fun. know. In a scary way? It was great. <laughs> Let's go shoot things, Maggie. Oh, I don't know. There's a, there's a, um, the LA gun range. Yeah. There's a range in like Burbank and also other places. Probably also other places. All right. Well, that's it for us. Um, we love you all. We'll let you know, um, which one of us is better at shooting things when we actually make this happen. All right. And we'll talk to you next week. Drive safe. Watch the omen in preparation. All right. Um, sacrifice yourself for a tiny antichrist if you want. A tiny, tiny antichrist. Or not, you know, your choice. Be safe. Tell your mom I say hi. And have a wonderful couple of weeks. We'll talk to you guys later. Mwah.